Listen, all I'm saying is if I have a son who does not remember some type of past life regression, I'm going to send him back. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, I feel I like want, you would have that type of son. I feel like I want an adventure. Yeah, I want him to be like, I remember my life in Glasgow. And I'd be like, <laughs> get on that plane, bitch. We're going to fucking Glasgow. <laughs> That would be fantastic. I would love that so much. And I'd buy into all of it. Like, it's my without question. Bring you with me. Yeah. How do you question that? How do you question a four-year-old telling you that you that they were once like a, a, a six-year-old, like, Dalai Lama somewhere? They, they don't know that. They don't know that word. You don't question it. You buy a plane ticket mm-hmm. and you go to the tiny village that they say that they're from and you start asking questions and you start asking questions for sure <laughs> which leads us to we, we won't i guess we we won't save the uh theme for later Surprise. we'll just say it right now we decided for marie's last episode before she goes on maternity leave for the next three-ish months um mm-hmm. that we are going to do another episode on reincarnation and instances of past life regression so um mm-hmm. that was a, one of my favorite episodes pretty much from this season and uh the last year so we wanted to just finish mm-hmm. off with a bang yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah that's what we're doing so but before oh yeah. but before that welcome back to paranormal guys um oh yeah i'm nicolina it's us, it's us. I'm I'm Marie. It's your favorite non-investigative but still true scary story podcast. Yeah, and we're we're here, like I said, um, doing stories on past life regression. But first, we will mm-hmm. start with some horoscopes, and uh, I will go first. Yes, cool. So, Gemini. A social event involving business associates and friends could bring fresh ideas your way pointing you in a new direction. Your material and spiritual goals might come under discussion and open your eyes to previously unnoticed opportunities. Communication is clearer than usual. This may prove beneficial. Increased understanding brings you closer to others. What the fuck was that? Yeah, this is all over the place. It's all over the place. I feel like that was all over the place. Um, Definitely won't be getting together with any friends or business colleagues. I am... I'm probably going to remain on my couch until I give birth. 1,000%. Within the next like three weeks, Mm -hmm. um, which I feel bad about because I do. I do have a friend. I had a friend's wedding to go to, but then the COVID restrictions got tightened again. Mm. And so I volunteered as tribute to be removed from the guest (laughs) list because I'm so close to my Yeah, you're just like, I I cannot be this part of this event. Yeah, and she's... Yeah, she's a very close friend, so I feel awful about it because had I not volunteered, I would be. I know going, who you're talking uh, about. Like I would That's be invited. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did say I would still go to the ceremony. But then today, I couldn't get. I couldn't. I couldn't get myself out of bed. Mm-hmm. My husband had to help me physically lift you, <laughs> roll myself out of bed. Yeah. So I was like, I don't think it's smart for me to go anywhere right now. Um, I've also been having these weird feelings in my tummy so i'm like i don't want maybe not the best option to be going to st Catharines. yeah like i should probably stay in hamilton close to the hospital yeah um so i don't know what i'm gonna do about that but that could have been what they what this horoscope was alluding to because i think it's this weekend possibly yeah um 
But other than that, I mean, material goals, the only thing I can think about is like the goal to have my backyard finished and my nursery complete Mm. within the next weekend. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe that just means just, you know, some open communication with my husband around expectations for working this week. There you go. Fair (laughs) enough. I feel like they threw in every possibility in anyone's life in that horoscope. So... I mean, as much as it it could have related, I feel like it could have related to literal a- any human in the world. Anyone, yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So let's go to Leo. So intimate relationships gather steam as increased involvement in each other's life brings you closer. Wow. Relationships, yeah. Relationships grow through enhanced communication and shared dreams, goals, and ideals. Not to mention physical passion. You should feel strong and confident today, especially as your material success continues. Travel, a new car, and a few luxury items might be on your agenda. No, no, definitely no luxury (laughs) items at this point, but that is 1000% kind of on track uh, because... Mm -hmm. Um, well, Admir and I are now joint owners of multiple assets mm-hmm. now. Uh, he is officially um, on the mortgage of this house. He is. We are investing in a cottage and we will close on that next week. And as much as it's been stressful the last two weeks getting it together, I finally can mm-hmm. kind of see the finish line. And um, I think that after all of this closes we will feel like a new chapter has kind of started for for us so i agree Mm -hmm. that that horoscope was pretty much as on point as it could have been well good i won't be investing you got something out of it yeah thank you i will not (laughs) though be investing in any random luxury items for many many years from now i'm sure yeah Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we need to wait till the, the assets build and the mortgage declines. Uh, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Got it. But Got I, it. Did, <laughs> I did spend the night looking up some information on interest rates. And I will say I feel a lot more confident in what mm. we have decided to do than I did a week mm-hmm. ago, which I feel oh, may, may benefit us in gathering some additional funds for other things like renovations sooner than later so that's good good yeah very good all right good good great perfect (laughs) so um i will start with the first story and i am going to be doing a the story about marty martin um which was basically a past life regression memory life memory by a boy named brian Haymans. so marie actually i stole this accidentally from marie because she had watched a documentary (laughs) i didn't know that she had watched a documentary on this recently and basically so if marie you have anything to add to the story that i do not cover feel free to (laughs) jump in and i feel like you'll have some some insight on it uh but i got my majority of my information from psi and encyclopedia um an article on ryan Heyman's reincarnation case and this that's that article had a, a multitude of uh 
primary kind of sources. So a bunch of books and stuff were cited throughout. So this is what I used Mm -hmm. as my primary source. And if anyone wants to look up that article, uh, they can see the, the sources listed there, which a lot of books have been written about this, this case. So basically, uh, Ryan Hamans is an American boy who holds the record for the number of memories of a previous life related before the previous person was identified. So basically, he was able to remember memories before they even knew who he was speaking about. Um, So and then they were able to identify who it was from his specific memories. Um, Jim Tucker presented the initial report of this case in a 2013 book. Since then, it has been studied by other researchers who, while adding new details, have fully confirmed his portrayal and assessment. So, Marty Martin was born Morris Kalinsky in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania on May 19, 1903. His parents were Ukrainian Jews who had then recently immigrated to the United States. He had two sisters, one of whom died young. In the 1920s, he and his surviving sister went to New York City, where he tap danced on Broadway as Marty Kalinsky. Later, he moved to Los Angeles, changed his name to Marty Martin, and tried to make it in the movies. When his acting career failed, he opened a talent agency, the Marty Martin Agency. This was successful, and he became very wealthy later in life. Martin was a staunch Republican who favored Chinese restaurants, enjoyed the beach, and had an extensive collection of sunglasses. He owned a large house with an outdoor swimming pool on Roxbury Drive and Beverly Hills. He traveled frequently to New York and on four occasions sailed to Europe on the Queen Mary to visit his sister, then living in Paris. Martin was married four times, but had only one daughter of his own with his last wife. He had five stepchildren, including three boys he adopted when he married the final time. He was stricken with leukemia and died in hospital on December 25th, 1964, of a cerebral hemorrhage. So keep all of those in mind, all of those ideas in mind as I go through this memory of Ryan Hamans and what he remembers of his past life. Ryan Hamans was born in Muskogee, Oklahoma in 2004, nearly 40 years after Martin's death. His parents, Cindy and Kevin, were Protestant Christians. Cindy served as the deputy county clerk. Kevin was a lieutenant in the police department. Ryan was late speaking due to large adenoids, which um, are a mass of lymphatic tissue situated between the back of the nose and the throat. They help protect the body from viruses and bacteria, but if inflamed, hindered breathing and speaking in young children. When he was four years old, Ryan's adenoids were removed. He then started to speak in complete sentences and soon began to relate memories that ultimately were identified with Marty Martin. That'd be crazy if like for the first few years of your life, you're like, I am someone else, but I can't tell anyone. Like I can't. Oh my God. Like, could you be, imagine? Yeah. <laughs> that'd be wild. And like it, you'd feel like in prison. Yeah. His first comments concerned three adopted sons to whom he had given his last name. He said he was from Hollywood and pleaded with Cindy, his mother, to take him there so he could see his other family. Ryan said that he had a big house with a swimming pool that was located on a street whose name had Rock in it. He had owned a green car he would allow no one else to drive. 
He had liked to go to the beach with his girlfriends. Ryan had a fascination with sunglasses and said that he was often sunburned in the life he remembered. He said that he had worked for an agency where people changed their names. He also talked a lot about a Senator Five, whom he used to see in New York. He did not like Franklin Roosevelt, who was a Democrat. He had traveled a lot, had gone to Europe by boat, visited Paris, and seen the Eiffel Tower. The peak of Ryan's memories came when he was about four years old, but they continued for years thereafter. He would recount his memories in nursery school as well as at home. Although he made many comments in response to things he saw and heard during the day, he was especially inclined to tell his tales at bath time before bed. Sometimes he awoke screaming from nightmares, although he could not remember what they were about. Occasionally when he got up, he complained that his chest hurt and he would grasp for air. In an effort to help him remember more and perhaps learn to whom he was referring, Cindy began to borrow books about Hollywood from her local library. Ryan recognized Rita Hayworth and Marilyn Monroe. Then when Cindy brought home a book that included information about a 1932 movie, Night After Night, Ryan spotted a photo of an actor he said was his past self. Unfortunately, this man was an extra in the film. His name was never used and the movie credits did not make clear who he was. In February 2010, Cindy wrote to Jim Tucker at the University of Virginia. She listed some of Ryan's statements and included the picture of the extra in Night After Night that Ryan had said was his previous incarnation. A month before he received Cindy's letter, Tucker had been contacted by a producer for the cable television series The Unexplained expressing interest in documenting his reincarnation research. Tucker told him about Ryan and sent a camera with which to record his first interview with the boy, which was arranged for April. Two weeks after Tucker's return from Oklahoma, the show's producers decided to move Ryan's case up their priority list. They identified an actor they believed was the one Ryan recalled having been and flew him to Los Angeles. But he did not recognize any houses connected to this man. He did, however, recognize a house that belonged to another actor, Wild Bill Elliott, who had appeared in Night After Night and who he previously said was his friend. It turned out that the production crew had made the identification on the basis of a perceived resemblance between the actor and the extra in Night After Night, but nothing in his biography matched Ryan's memories. A film archivist hired to take a second look but was able to de determine the name of the extra. He was Marty Martin, so their original, the original person they thought it was was not true, so they eventually narrowed it down and it was Marty Martin. Research into Martin's life showed him to be a good fit for Ryan's memories. Ryan was six years old when he was flown back to Los Angeles and given a tour of places associated with Marty Martin. He responded to all of them, leaving little doubt that the new identification was the correct one. At Kevin's suggestion, Cindy recorded Ryan's memories in a journal. She began doing this when, she, when Ryan was five, but before contacting Jim Tucker and continued afterwards. As of March 2016, she had listed 230 items, of which 55 had proven correct and 15 incorrect or implausible for Marty Martin. With the passage of time, the majority were unverifiable because they didn't have any evidence or anything to verify whether or not these were memories from any, anyone who was still alive. 
Eight of Ryan's correct statements were of such a a general nature that Cindy was able to verify them through the internet even before she wrote to Tucker. For instance, she was able to confirm the identities of the actors that Ryan recognized um, by name in the pictures from night after night. Ryan made each of the other 47 correct statements about Marty Martin before his name was known. These 47 statements were abstracted from Cindy's journal and published in a book by Leslie Keene. These were the statements that he made. He is the man in the photograph from the movie Night After Night. He lived in Hollywood. He lived somewhere with the word rock or mount in it, a street address, which is Roxbury Drive. He was very rich. His house was big. There was a brick wall at the house. There were three boys. He didn't think the boys were his, but he gave them his name. He had a daughter. He had trouble with his oldest stepdaughter. She wouldn't listen. She didn't respect him. Imagine a four-year-old saying that. He had a large swimming pool. His mother had curly brown hair. He had a younger sister. He bought his daughter a dog when she was about six years old, and she didn't like the dog. He hated cats. He knew Senator Ives, which is what he called him, but it was actually Senator Five. He used, mm-hmm. he used to see Senator Five in New York, found on a map. He had a green car. He didn't let anyone else drive the green car. He had many wives. His wife drove a nice black car. He was an agent. He ran an agency. The agency changed people's names. He tap danced on stage. The stage was in New York City. He saw the world on big boats when he danced with pretty ladies. He ate in Chinatown a lot. His favorite restaurant was there. He got skin burns in Hollywood. So sunburns when he was living in Hollywood. Um, He went to Paris, saw the Eiffel Tower. He took his girlfriends to the ocean. He played the piano, owned one. He had an African-American maid. He knew Rita Hayworth. She made ice drinks, photo recognition. He knew that Mary Lady. You couldn't get close to talk to her, which was Marilyn Monroe, who he was referring to. Um, Bread was his favorite food. He had a sunglass collection. He was a smoker. He had many girlfriends and affairs, never had problem getting the ladies. He liked to watch, watch surfers on the beach. He owned guns. He didn't have a TV when he was a little boy. They had radio first. He hated FDR, Franklin Roosevelt, a Democrat. Um, And he said, you go to a room with numbers on the door before dying, which I'm assuming meant like a hospital room. Then he said, I'm not five. I'm closer to 105 when I was here before. He died at age 61. So the assertion that he had died when he was 61 is particularly interesting because Martin's death certificate gave his birth date as 1905, which would mean that he was only 59 in 1964. However, subsequent research showed that, in fact, Martin was born in 1903. So the, the child actually confirmed the real date of birth of this man. Damn. Yeah. The correct date is given in Martin's online IMD biography, which was not accessible for Tucker originally, so he had counted this as an error by his account at first, but now it's been verified as true. Um, Among the 15 statements that turned out to be wrong or doubtful were that his father had died when he was a child, where Martin's father only died six years before Martin 
had died. Uh, he gave his daughter a watchdog, which she didn't like. He did, in fact, give his daughter a dog, which she did not like, but it was a Yorkshire Terrier, not a watchdog. So, kind of semantics at that point. He died when his heart exploded, but Martin's death was unwitnessed and the cause of it was a brain hemorrhage. So, it seems unlikely that his heart exploded. And he stated that his body was cremated, but his death certificate states he was buried. In addition to talking about Martin's life, Ryan commented on what happened when one died. There was an awesome light one should go towards, but everyone came back in a new body to live again. When he died, he had gone to a waiting place rather than to heaven. On another occasion, Ryan told Cindy that he had seen her from heaven and that he had known her from an earlier life. He said that he had chosen her for his mother so that he could take care of her in this life. Ryan said he recalled being in Cindy's womb and asked why she had wanted him to be a girl. In fact, Cindy very much had wanted to have a girl. Ryan added that he had seen Cindy crying for a long time when she learned that she was that he was actually going to be a boy. Um, <laughs> My poor son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine your son knows like you're just like bawling saying that I wanted a. I didn't cry, but I. <laughs> I, for a very long time, I kept going, I hope it's a girl. And then I found out it was a boy and I was still happy. But like, but like deep down, sorry, yeah, you're like, frig. <laughs> um, so he said, this doctor guy did a test and told you I was a boy. You got mad and said he was wrong. You just knew that I was going to be a girl. <gasps> Mommy, it was daddy's birthday. You went to a restaurant afterward to eat and you cried for a very long time. Oh, my God. Cindy soon regretted her behavior on this occasion, which so embarrassed her that she rarely talked about it, but she could not deny that what Ryan had said was true in all respects. So that's pretty crazy as well. Ryan's identity with Marty Martin was expressed not only in his memories, but through his personality, emotions, and behavior. As with his memories, the greatest intensity of his behavior identification Um, with Martin came when he was four, but it never disappeared entirely. In narrating his memories, Ryan adopted a mature tone of voice and acted the part. Once he explained to Cindy, I am not the same as the man in the picture on the outside, but I am on the inside. I am still that man. He was haunted by the things he could not remember. Most nights, his main concerns were what happened to the children? What was my other mother's name? What became of my sister? Ryan once saw a cartoon that reminded him of the tap dancing he had done in New York. He began humming slow tunes and tap danced. He asked Cindy to get him some tap shoes and started a routine in the middle of the floor, saying tip tap, tip tap as to keeping to keeping the beat. He wanted to wear what he called agent clothes, suits, dress shirts, ties and black rim agent hats. He took a pair. I am dying. (laughs) He took a pair. I am dying at the thought of a four-year-old. I know. Walking around in agent clothes. Okay, sorry. It's okay. (laughs) He took a pair of children's 3D spectacles, popped out the lenses, and wore them everywhere. Didn't we all? Didn't we all? Didn't we all? (laughs) But at the same time, like, wearing them everywhere and, like, being like, this is who I really am in my core, in my being. This is me as a person. Um... He would play at making movies at a birthday party when he was four. He assembled all the children present to direct them for his movie. He yelled at the adults that he needed help because 
He was hard to... <laughs> I can't. He yelled at the adults that he needed help because it was hard to act and direct a major motion picture at the same time. He re- it is. It is. You Very, try You it. try it. Peasants. I'm working with chimps. Uh, he recalled okay. having been badly scratched by a cat. He hated cats and was afraid of them. He re- related that he had liked going to restaurants in Chinatown. When his parents first took him to a Chinese restaurant, restaurant he expertly employed chopsticks without being taught how. Okay. Like, That's I don't even know how to use chopsticks, and I have done it. I do, but... Like, yeah. I know how, but, like, I wouldn't say I expertly yeah. know how. Like, I'm not... Fair. And upon picking them up for the Fair. first time, you wouldn't know how to do that. No. 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 Um, no. When Martin was identified, Tucker prepared sets of pictures to present to Ryan to see if he could pick out persons Martin had known. He did this without letting Cindy or Kevin know the correct answers and without even informing them of Martin's name to ensure that they did not ba- they didn't do any background research in advance of the recognition tests and like feed them to their son. Ryan, who had just turned six, was in bad humor when Tucker arrived. He was not in a mood to do the tests, and it was obvious that he was pointing at pictures haphazardly. After dinner, however, he was ready. Tucker showed him the first set of four pictures of women and asked if any looked familiar. Ryan pointed to one, but when asked, said he did not know who she was. It was, Mar- it was Martin's fourth wife. Tucker next showed Ryan pictures of four men, one of whom he believed was Senator Five. Ryan pointed to one of the pictures. Tucker asked him if he was sure, and he said that he was. The picture was of Irving Ives, a senator from New York during Martin's lifetime, so it was Senator Five. Ryan also correctly identified a picture of Martin as a young man in a pose and attire very different from his appearance in Night After Night. But he then began to miss, and after two more trials, Tucker called a halt to the experiment. In retrospect, Tucker realized that it might have been better to have shown Ryan the pictures one at a time. He could have alternated his decoys with the targets in randomized order and shown Ryan all of them rather than stopping partway through. Keen observed that ideally someone who did not know the identities of any of the individuals would have presented the pictures to avoid giving Ryan unconscious cues. Still, even if the recognition tests have, would have been better handled, Ryan made correct selections in three out of the five trials. Um, Ryan very much wanted to meet Martin's three adopted sons and make amends for what he believed was bad treatment of them, but this never became possible. However, he was able to meet Martin's daughter, who had been eight when, she, when he died. She was 57 when Ryan met her and naturally had changed a great deal in the interim. Ryan complained that she had not walked for him. He recognized her face, he said, but her energy was different and he did not want to see her again. (laughs) For her part, Martin's daughter tried to be helpful. She confirmed the accuracy of many of Ryan's memories of personal things. For instance, that he had driven a green car, he did not let anyone else drive, that Martin hated cats, and that he had bought her a dog that she did not like. Many things she could not verify, but her testimony proved invaluable in evaluating Ryan's statements. Um, Ryan is unusual among children with past life memories and having a well-developed psychic sense. 
Many reincarnation cases with ESP directed towards member of the previous family, but Ryan's talent was concerned with people and events in his own life. Once he talked to Cindy about one of her siblings who had died in infancy, something he had not been told about. He went on and on about needing to buy Kevin a watch. When Cindy noted that Kevin already had a watch, Ryan said he would need a replacement for, by Father's Day, and indeed Kevin's watch was broken on the eve of Father's Day. On his first trip to Los Angeles, Ryan predicted correctly that they would be given white cars. There were several other instances of this kind of nature. So not only did he have past life regression, he was also able to have like this natural intuition about things. Yeah. On his second visit to Los Angeles, Ryan was excited and happy to be back in places he recalled. But the trip brought resolution and afterwards he was better able to live in the present. After meeting Martin's daughter, he rarely mentioned his memories unless he was reminded of them. One night, six months after the premiere of The Unexplained, A Life in the Movies, on April 2011, Cindy walked into the room to find that he had removed all of the decorations related to Martin, even his Iron Eiffel Tower and pictures of New York. He told her it was time to just be a regular kid. The influence of Martin's personality persisted, however, and at 11, Ryan still loved the 1950s music and wanted to go to New York. He continued to be fascinated with sunglasses and liked to wear button-down dress shirts. He followed politics and identified as a Republican. He had also become interested in Judaism, creating tensions with his Christian family. But he was no longer as hostile to cats, although not his favorite creatures. He could now tolerate them without having anxiety. Ryan's case is similar to other reincarnation cases, but the pertinence of image memories and emotions and behaviors is uncommonly strong in this specific case. At first, he seems curious because children who start talking about their memories as late as Ryan's normally have fewer memories and behavioral carryovers than children who start to share their memories a year or two earlier. This may be an effect of his enlarged um adenoids, which kept him from engaging fully with the world about him, allowing his memories of Martin to be retained more clearly and for a longer period than other children. Ryan was observed by so many people that the possibility that this case was a hoax uh, concocted by his parents for publicity or financial gain may be set aside, they say. It is hard to see how Cindy could have fed him information or shaped his behaviors, even if she had secretly discovered Martin's identity before it became generally known. Most of the information about Martin now available on the internet was not there as this case was developing in any event. Keane observes that Cindy was forced to endure the trauma along with him. Her primary goal was to just find peace for her son. Um, And Ryan demonstrated strong psychic abilities. Could Could he have learned the things he knew about Martin through ASP rather than through reincarnation and memory? His emotional turmoil, his longing for the past, his nightmares about his play reminiscent of Martin all suggest something deeper and more extensive than just basically ESP. Um, And his ESP was usually directed to his present life anyway. Although it is possible that unusual psychic mechanism cannot be ruled out, it would appear unlikely to have played a role in Ryan's case. Uh, So that is basically the story of Marty Martin and past life regression. Hell yeah, good good one. Yeah. It was That's overwhelming, to be honest. Yeah. If you get a chance to watch the documentary, it's on Amazon. I just can't remember what it's Did called. they present anything else like that I didn't cover on that? 
No, I think you got it. Okay, all. okay. But you get to like meet you get to the meet people. like Marty Martinson's daughter right. and like you get to see them meet and things like that. So like it's really, really cool. Do you uh do you want to take a little break before we dive into yours? Yeah. Perfect. Let's do that. And we're back. We hope you guys enjoyed that small break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm going to do the story of the Pollock twins. Um, I got my information from an article on MamaMia.com, which, you know, you wouldn't think would would, uh, have that much information about past life regression, but you'd be wrong. And uh, also there was um, a book published called The 30 Most Convincing Cases of Reincarnation by Trutz Hardo. And the whole book is online and it's free at jcobooks.com. And there's a whole chapter about them uh, in that book as well. So let's get into it. So this happened in May of 1957 in a small town called Hexham, which is in England. And there was two sisters who were not twins. They were 11-year-old Joanna Pollock and her sister, who was six years old, and her name was Jacqueline. And they were on their way to church with their friend Anthony when they were struck by an erratic driver. The two sisters almost died instantly. And Anthony, who was nine years old, died while he was traveling to the hospital. Later on, it was discovered that the driver was a local woman who was under the influence of drugs, and she had intentionally hit the children because she what? had been forcibly separated from her. Yeah. Jesus. She had been forcibly separated from her own kids. And so she was like in a state of like, I don't know, some type of mania i'm gonna take out someone else's children <laughs> yeah well i mean she was also like drugged, yeah yeah, so yeah, I yeah, yeah um so obviously this made headlines throughout britain she eventually was taken to a psychiatric hospital good 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 uh so following the death of the girls the parents whose names were john and florence pollock were obviously devastated But when Florence later became pregnant, John was convinced that the two girls were going to be reborn into the family as twins. Mm -hmm. The couple was uh, a pair of devout Catholics, and they would get into really big fights about this because John was so, so adamant that the girls were going to be reincarnated and they were going to be twins. And Florence was like, we do not believe this as Catholics, that this is possible. And they actually almost ended up filing for divorce because of this, but they stuck it through. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) there was no history of twins in either of the, the parents' families. And Florence's doctor had done um, like, a, I guess in the 50s, they I don't know if they had ultrasound back then, but they definitely had like the heartbeat monitor. And he said there was only one baby. There's oh. not twins. There's only one okay. baby. But on October 4th in 1958, Florence gave birth to twin girls. That's crazy. They, yeah, and they named them Jillian and Jennifer. So the twins were identical twins. But they also had different birthmarks, which is considered very unusual. Hmm. 
Jennifer had a small birthmark on her left hip, which mimicked a birthmark that her deceased sister Jacqueline had. And she also had a scar on her forehead, which was similar to a small scar that Jacqueline had in the same spot her deceased sister had. So she had a birthmark from her dead sister on the same spot and a scar. She was born with a scar? That's Mm -hmm. very, very odd. Yes. So when the twins were three months old, so not old enough to speak or do like crawl or anything, the family relocates to Whitley Bay, which is east of where they were living in Hexham. So the girls get older and it's things start getting weird because they start to remember things about Hexham in detail, even though they've never been to the small town. So... When the family ended up going back to Hexham when the girls were four years old, so four years old is when they decide to go back, Mm -hmm. the twins start pointing out and naming landmarks that they had never seen before. So they pointed out the school that Joanna and Jacqueline had gone to and a playground that the sisters used to go to. And they even knew their way to the playground without ever having been there. So the twins were also able to identify their late sister's toys by name. So even though, yeah, so even though Florence had stored the toys out of sight, the twins started asking for them back. Okay. And they like remembered the toys as their own. They were able to name the toys by their names that were previously given to them. So, like, you know, you have a doll, you name it something. Mine was always Samantha or Tabitha. Real witchy as a child. (laughs) And and they would be like, "Uh, where's my doll, Tabitha? Like, they knew the names of the toys that they had even. Um, And then when the mom did bring out the toys for them, they divided the toys up amongst themselves. Exactly the way. As to whose toys they belonged to. And they also said to their mom, they mentioned that the toy, they remember the toys had come from Santa Claus, Mm. which their mom was like, these were Christmas gifts that we said came from Santa. So Florence and John also noticed the twins had very similar personalities to their deceased sisters. Joanna was very protective of her younger sister, Jacqueline, and Jillian seemed more mature than her twin sister. Jillian was born 10 minutes before Jennifer, so she's the older twin, Mm -hmm. and she looked after her twin a lot like how Joanna would look after Jacqueline. The parents also said that the twins even enjoyed the same games and foods as the deceased sisters. Mm. So for the first few years of their life, Florence continued to like not believe John's suggestion that the twins had been reincarnated. She just didn't want to hear about it. Yeah. And it wasn't until she heard the twins talking about the car accident that she changed her mind. Because I was going to say, for me, I feel like this could have been his way of just dealing with his grief, right? And being like, they're here still, they're alive. Like, So all of these things so far, other than the doctor saying there's only one kid and then there's actually two, so mm-hmm. so far could have just been like, oh yeah, they know, they know. But now, now yeah, I'm ready to hear them. the, yeah. Yeah, so there was an occasion where Florence had overheard the girls playing a game where they recreated the car accident. Oh. 
Okay. Jillian was cradling Jennifer's head and telling her, the blood is coming out of your eyes and this is where the car hit you. Oh my God. On another occasion, Jillian pointed to Jennifer's scar on her forehead and said to her, that's the mark that you got when you fell on a bucket. Oh. And that's what happened to her sister. She had fallen off of a bucket and gotten a scar on her head. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the twins also appeared to have a fear of cars. In their younger years, they would experience recurring nightmares about getting hit by a car. And they would get anxious when they were near cars. When a car would start its engine in an alleyway, John would recall the girls grabbing onto each other in terror, shouting, the car is coming to get us. Shit. Shortly after the twins turned five, the memories of their past lives began to slowly fade away and they went on with their normal lives. While the twins lost their memories of the accident entirely, Jillian did later recall experiencing visions of herself playing in a sand pit at a home in Wickham. While Jillian had never been to Wickham, she was able to perfectly describe the house and garden that matched the home that Joanna had once lived in with her parents when she was four years old. So that's basically mm-hmm. the story of the Pollock sisters. After they turned five, they they stopped getting any more memories. Right. It's curious because the one sister died at around six. Oh. So. Yeah. So they ba- basically after that, there's nothing. Yeah. They just kind of. That makes sense. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And that's that's all that I could really find about them and and their life. I, I they just stopped remembering things after the age of five. I can't confirm, but I do think that there's an age where you're technically as a child you don't remember anything before the age of like three or something like that. Mm. So I'm wondering if like in these past life regression instances, the reason why they start to forget at a certain point is because mm-hmm. they're now a they're now s- like separated from those like early early like like memories that they're now um now they can remember their own life past past like past like four or five or whatever now they're like creating new memories whereas the new ones memories. before are like still old memories fresh that and then after yeah. that they basically they they forget because every kid forgets everything before the age of three or something so i don't know there might be some connection there as to why they start to kind of fade away after a certain period of time yeah yeah except for ryan he remembers being in the womb yeah i mean but he was he was mostly four or five when he was like like it was before the age of six yeah that he was like yeah yeah. adamantly recalling these things and by i think it was like by six years old he was over it like he had taken yeah, him his yeah. stuff down. He was ready to just be a kid taking again. His stuff down. So yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you like buttons, wow. button downs, that kind of carries you through your whole life. I think <laughs> definitely stays. Just he just walk goes to the grocery store in a button down, just everywhere. <laughs> Where are my buddy Holly? Glasses? Exactly. That's what I picture. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, oh all my right. God. Well. Uh, Cool. Those are great. I love those stories. They're always fascinating. I know. Um, so let's let's do some some horoscopes. Our final fuck Mary kill for fuck Mary kill for, for three months. We're gonna do some more Libras since we're still in Libra season, and um, I feel like there's a lot to go, lot to choose from in the Libra area. There so is. I, I want to yeah. do more of them. 
You I will go, go first. first. So I am mm-hmm. going to do Hillary Duff, Jordan Woods, Nick Cannon. Okay, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to kill Jordan Woods. Okay, okay, <laughs> that backstabbing bitch. That ba- that home wrecker. Mm-hmm. Um, I will marry Nick Cannon <laughs> and have sex with Hillary Duff. Okay. Uh, I feel like Nick Cannon has like money from Mariah. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I. Mm, yeah, I don't know if I'd want to have sex with Nick Cannon just because of how many women he got pregnant also this that. year. He also that. Yeah. So I'll probably just marry yeah. him for that reason, for the money reason, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm in the same territory as you. I wouldn't want to kill Nick yeah. Cannon just because he has so many children to support. I wouldn't want to leave them fatherless. <laughs> that too. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll go with that. So, okay. Sweet. So, for you, I'm choosing Bruce Springsteen. Perfect. I'm going to go with Barbara Walters. Okay. <laughs> and I will do Olivia Newton-John. Okay. I'm going to kill Barbara Walters just because I don't... She's really old now. And like she's had her fame, she's had her career, she's lived a great life. I feel like she's. She- I'm such a loser. I just I'm thinking about in the eighth, like seventh and eighth grade. Remember TGIF was a thing. Yep. TGIF nights. Mm-hmm. So after the TGIF lineup, 2020 would come on. My favorite and show. Me and my friends every Friday night would hang out and watch TGIF, and then I'd be at the TV alone like a loser watching Barbara Walters. So. The- funny you say that because in grade four i loved her in in grade four we had to do a newscast like we had to get in groups and do a newscast and Mm -hmm. we got real creative with ours and i recorded i recorded a um an a a music to the intro of the Mm -hmm. like to the intro of our newscast and it was mm-hmm. it, i can remember it i don't know if i'm gonna get this right but it was 2020 content like i said something <laughs> after that it was like welcome to 2020 because i was obsessed with barbara walters with barbara walters, walters. yeah okay, so you're gonna so kill i feel her. you but i'm gonna i'm gonna kill her because i was nine so okay. that means that that was like 25 okay. years ago so i feel okay. like and she was pretty old then not that i have anything against <laughs> senior citizens i just feel like her her life has been f- fruitful Phil, full and yes strong. full and fruitful um i can't oh, kill man. bruce springsteen i just feel like mm-hmm. too many people count on him for their own like well-being um his gotcha. music just brings so much the boss just brings so much joy to people's lives <laughs> still that i just can't do that the to them boss. so oh, i God. will Mary, who's the other one? Who's the third? Oh, Olivia, Olivia Newton John. I will. Mm, yeah, no, I'm gonna have sex with Bruce Springsteen. I'm gonna mm-hmm. marry Olivia, Olivia Newton John just because I could move to yeah. Australia and live great with her in her probably mansion and in great weather. And that's yeah, really okay. My I'll ideas. agree with you on yeah. those. I'll agree with you on all of those. Okay, cool. <laughs> sweet oh 
my god all right i really like really fangirled over newscasters when i was a child I, like this is why i went to school for journalism i feel you i feel you about there's, that there's like a childhood video of me opening up a christmas gift and it's a april o'neill action figure from the ninja turtles and i lose my <gasps> fucking shit oh my god that is <laughs> that is un- incredible i'm trying to think of a newscaster yeah. today if you would replace barbara walters like who i definitely wouldn't have killed um who's like just really killing it in journalism and like news i just feel it like it could have been a man most of the newscasters that i know today i'm like they're all on like fox news i know I that's what know i'm thinking because too. i like make fun of them i know they're all cro- like they're all like crooks yeah. and crocs and i just yeah. don't have any okay i know anderson okay okay fair enough I, i'll keep yeah. him i'd keep him around sure sure yeah for sure, sure. anyway <laughs> okay. that showbiz baby you gotta die one day you gotta die one day <laughs> and then get reincarnated and then get reincarnated um as a yeah exactly that's what there's definitely a future past life regression child of barbara walters coming coming out soon well not soon but could like be my son yeah could be your son <laughs> all right guys well oh also (laughs) final final thing i have uploaded Mm. our final like we for our giveaway for this month um yeah i added a very uh um incredible giveaway to the prize for october (laughs) it is a really pretty large i don't know if anyone could see from the photo i posted but it is a large large, patch that you can put on whatever you want to put it on i wanted to put it on a jean jacket but i feel like i don't know if i can rock that aesthetic anymore so Mm -hmm. those listening that feel that they can rock that aesthetic it is um Mm -hmm. it's a 40 dollar patch it's not cheap by any means and it's custom Mm -hmm. designed by sugar bones my cousin who i even feel like an imposter saying that she's my cousin just because of (laughs) how talented she is she has also offered to donate other um designs that she's created specific to you know spooky stuff so i'm really excited to provide that to our listeners as well but if you want to get that um patch and the press on nail custom press on nails and your charmed aroma candle which you can wear your ring on your nails um go to our instagram tag your friends on the post and share the share it to your story and you will be entered so one and one tag will equal one uh one entry so that will um as many people you tag we will get multiple entries into that so just wanted to note mm-hmm. note that because we will be announcing the winner um october 22nd yes cool. good luck everyone good luck and stay okay. spooky goodbye because that's showbiz baby bye, bye. <laughs>